Who wants to play some kickball? It's Yonder. Glockenspiel. Do you hear it? It's the Glockenspiel. It's always the Glockenspiel that really just makes the song happen. <laughs> it's Jeff Robbins back with another episode of the Yonder Podcast. This is episode number three. This week we are interviewing Johnny Lehane. Uh, Johnny Lehane. Johnny Lehane. Lee Hain. I just call him Johnny Kickball most of the time. Uh, that's what he goes by on most of the social networks. You can find him at Johnny Kickball on Twitter. And he is much like Johnny Appleseed, a man traveling the world, spreading kickballs and, and the sport of kickball. If you've played adult kickball somewhere in the past, I don't know, 10, 15 years, Johnny probably had something to do with that. Uh, Johnny runs um, the World Adult Kickball Association, WACA. Uh, They recently changed their name. We'll get into that. Um, uh, And uh, they are, in fact, a fully distributed organization. Um, And Johnny's a really interesting guy to talk to. This podcast is brought to you by Lullabot. We create digital experiences for the world's best brands. This week... We're proud to announce the redesign and relaunch of thisoldhouse.com. Old house, new website, designed by Lullabot's design team and built on Drupal. This old house has been airing on PBS since 1979. We helped update their digital presence and helped ready them for the next decade. Interested in working with Lullabot on your next project? Visit lullabot.com for more information. Hey, if you're enjoying the Yonder podcast, I would like to invite you to subscribe to the Yonder podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. Uh, you can also review us on on most, if not all of those things. Some iTunes reviews would be really great. We're still trying to build a following, and that would really help us to get the word out. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. If you visit yonder.io, you can find links to all of those things as well as our mailing list. If you get on our mailing list, we will email you and let you know when we have new content, new podcasts, and new articles. All right, let's get to the interview with Johnny Lee Hain. Johnny Lee Hain. Hey, welcome to Yonder. Yeah. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah. Goodness. Uh, well, let's see. Let's let's start off with kind of orienting uh, the people listening to uh, what they're hearing, who they're hearing from. Where, where in the world are you, Johnny? Um, I'm in the Hudson Valley in New York, specifically in the village of Rhinebeck. So uh, a little north of New York City? Little south of Albany, little north of New York City, right, right in Just between there. Convenient to everything, really. And, it's and awesome. beautiful countryside along the river there. I spend at least a couple days a week. I make sure to get down next to the Hudson. It's awesome here. Nice. So uh, you uh, you you run a company. You're the founder of 
uh, are we still calling it the World Adult Kickball Association, or has that that sort of changed over time? Well, yes, it has changed over time. So I am one of the three founders of Club Waka, newly rebranded as of this week, actually. It was started as the World Adult Kickball Association uh, and lived as just that for a couple of years. And then uh, we launched into Waka Kickball and Social Sports to encompass not just the ridiculous fun of kickball and the socializing we do, but all the other sports and activities that we wanted to and have brought to folks around the country. All sorts of other ridiculous fun as well. What what are some of the non-kickball things you're doing now as well? So in the sports activities, dodgeball, 15 on 15 co-ed dodgeball with sometimes intermittent dance party breakouts during the breaks. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> I, I'm laughing because it just sounds like so much fun. It, it's a good time. Uh, more traditional stuff like flag football, volleyball, bowling, um, ultimate frisbee but then also our weekend events have just been uh so much fun to launch cruises ski trips and now summer camps um and then our big old tournament in uh las vegas every columbus day weekend wakapalooza which now has three different kickball tournaments competitive fun games and the open which invites people who don't necessarily have a waka experience previously to come and check it out along with a few other carnival-esque parties and tournaments around that 4,000 people party we do in Vegas every year. Wow. Tell, tell me about the history of the company. Like how, how did this get started and how did it evolve to what it is now? Right. Well, it's the classic five guys in a bar. Uh, <clears throat> hey, we have an idea. Why doesn't anybody play kickball? Uh, we should play kickball. We should start a league. We should take over the world. Um, but also mixed with the other guys that, um, that are my partners now and others that started it were a member of a co-ed fraternity, um, at UVA. Um, and they wanted to recreate that social atmosphere after college. Um, so we sort of took those things together and mashed them up and created kickball for adults as a new kind of fun back in the late nineties, believe it or not. Um, and that was just a hobby, <clears throat> but it grew and people really wanted to do it. Um, so demand sort of outpaced our ability or desire to do it as a part-time thing hobby. Um, and that was some circumstances in the first dot bomb in 2001, where one of my partners uh, was downsized, gave us the opportunity to start providing this, not just in Washington, DC, where we started. Uh, that's where we were all living, me out of college, uh, working for America Online at the time. And so Jimmy went full time, one of the uh, other three guys, the other two guys who works on it today with me and David went with him. And then we started providing it in D.C., Florida, Boston, California, and we were sort of up and running. Yeah, cool. Um, so you're you're a distributed company yeah. now. Yep. How, how did that part evolve? <clears throat> and that started from the beginning. And we used to call ourselves virtual. I when I was introduced to the Yonder group at its inception a few years ago, I really embraced the term distributed and felt it really fit what we are. But from the beginning, as I said, we started as a part-time thing. We all had day jobs. When Jimmy and David and then left their day job, we didn't get an office. They worked out of their house. It just didn't seem to make any sense. We were already uh, providing services to people outside of our physical reach anyway. We didn't 
So we just went distributed from the beginning and hired our first employees and said, hey, you get to work from home or our home sometimes. And they really liked that. Um, so we never looked back, basically. And here we are now with 35 full-time employees uh, that work all over the U.S. and sometimes other places and 200 part-timers. Um, and we've never had uh, rented any office space besides um, you know, a light Regis uh, account uh, in the D.C., Virginia area for occasional gatherings there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so people, uh, live all around the country and they, and they run kickball in, in their local area or they, so some do that. Of the, right. Of the full-time staff, one third are managing folks that are providing leagues or directly providing leagues and events and things like that. And about 20 people are your general back office at any large company would mm-hmm. have some HR, some admin, some marketing, some tech, um, and some management. Cool. Um, so how, how are you finding people? How are you hiring, hiring these people? Um, that's a great question. I think for us, we're really fortunate in our customer base. So we dig into our customer base a lot, uh, especially on the league management side of the business. Um, and first thing we do is put it out through our staff and then through our customers about opportunities that we have. Um, and with that 200 community coordinators who run leagues and events on the ground, those people come from all walks of life. They have every skill set and they're passionate about Club Waka and what we do. So um, they're a great resource for us. After that, you know, we reach out to our broader network. I'm a big LinkedIn junkie. Uh, our director of HR, Sarah Park, uh, has groomed that as well. And then I'll have to say, you know, Sarah Park and Jenna Huna in HR uh, just do a great job of reaching out uh, through some traditional online means um, and our bigger network. So um, tell me about sort of the typical day of a, of a Waka, Club Waka employee. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, um, I should also mention you have kickball.com. So that's where we can find all, all of the, the stuff is at kickball.com, right? Absolutely. Uh, and, uh, and everyone should, and they should go sign up for a local. Uh, I'm seeing there's, there's one happening in uh, Pawtucket, Rhode Island. Uh, uh, and, uh, and we should all go play kickball at least if not <laughs> all of the other exciting social sports. Um, so, so tell me about sort of the typical day of a, of an employee, uh, like what tools are you using? Um, do, like how, how does work get done, uh, at, at right. your company? Right. Um, we're a pretty big Google shop. We've sort of gone all in on Google, uh, apps for work that, transition started maybe four or five years ago from various homegrown or home hosted solutions for email and calendar and even document management when we were in a windows world but we're all in on on the google ecosystem for a lot of things for us um so work gets done a lot in google hangouts both for messaging but also uh, for video conferencing we have um, an, a good variety of standing weekly meetings like any company would distribute it or face-to-face. Um, we try to make sure everybody has one or two of those in video conference a week. Um, <clears throat> and that 
So ahead. you're using both video conferencing and telephone audio conferencing? Yeah, for Google Hangout, we still usually, and there's some contention internally as to whether we should bother with the phone side, but we'll use Google Hangout video and we'll back it up with phone. We've been switching to Uber conference for a lot of folks. Mm -hmm. We were on free conference call, uh, but we have a handful of uh, Uber conference accounts now, and I'm a big fan. Hmm. Uh, I know you guys were playing with some of that skunk work stuff uh, in the past on how to improve the conference call experience. I think Uber Conference has gotten a lot of that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Pretty nicely. So Uber Conference, Google Hangouts, uh, and a Google Doc, uh, text doc for every meeting that is usually a standing doc. So it's got this week's agenda, and then the notes fall right into it, and those waterfall down as we uh, move you know, throughout the calendar. <clears throat> but conversations happen in there and in comments there during a meeting, the sidebars are there. Um, it's funny. It almost feels a little old fashioned now compared to managing um, a meeting like that in Slack or something, which I've experimented a little bit in some of the associations I'm in. So, you can't, you can't be Google docs for just like co- collaborative and sort of archiving that. Yeah. It's just there and it's organized both the way people traditionally like it in documents, but it's just so searchable as well. Yeah. That Slack is kind of, um, I mean, we used IRC, which for people that don't know is basically Slack before Slack was Slack. (laughs) 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 IRC was this sort of, uh, kind of obscure, um, uh, you know, group, uh, chat, uh, platform that's been around. I I think it, it predates the web, uh, it's been around a long, long time and, uh, and was mostly used by, uh, hackers and and programmers and, and, uh, and, um, people like that. And, and, uh, (laughs) you know, it was nice, but, but it was really hard to set up. And when Slack came along, it was like, Oh, this is great. We can hire a new employee and just get them set up on this, on this quickly. But it still is sort of at its heart, kind of, a more of a chat discussion kind of uh, thing. And I don't feel like it kind of archives very well. You can't kind of go in and add something up above what people have already said or things like that. Uh, Right. Yeah. The way to, to to go from live conversation to consolidated notes within one document, well-managed Google is uh, just can't be beat for that. I agree. Yeah. And I like training people in how to use that as I go into other communities or groups and management. People really take to it. <clears throat> Are there other sort of like tricks that you you feel like you've developed as a, as a company, sort of ways that you do things that that might be different from what people at a more conventional company are, are used to? Um, well, I think one of the things for us is to be a lot more um, – productivity based in our management style. Um, you know, I I like to say we need to do everything that a brick and mortar face-to-face company has to do just more so. And I think a lot of companies are trying to be more productivity based and clock punching and, um, and how do you track that and promote the successes in that? So we try to focus on that just in the way that we work and think about, uh, getting things done and and measuring and monitoring the success of an individual or a project. Um, so that's one little trick. But in the broader outside of the 
uh, well, first in the day to day. So Google's great for running meetings and we're also very mobile. Our staff is very mobile and I think Google works very well mm -hmm. for that. And they and they work hard at, at doing that really well. Um, you know, we're all in on the uh, integration with the calendar. Um, but our folks, um, like one of the things for me on Google Docs is not only is it for agendas, but we may be drafting a new policy or a new communication. And instead of passing it back and forth in an email, um, people are updating a Google Doc and I get notified if a Google Doc has been shared or changed with me right on my phone and I can quickly note a comment or update and, uh, and help move that along quickly without needing to go quote unquote do email. Um, for me, I'm like a kill the inbox guy. Like I want, I want less in my email and more somewhere else. Mm -hmm. So I'm always sort of fascinated by that because I, I feel like email is just such a low common denominator, kind of everything can send to email um, that I have just sort of ended up there by default, but it is quite overwhelming. So how do you, how do you avoid that? What are the different, places that you're going to get the information other than your email inbox? So I try to take conversations out of my inbox. So for me, the first thing is to be pretty religious about what comes into my inbox or at least my unread mail um, are only things, you know, that I want in there. Unsubscribing from stuff, getting people to, uh, or sending them right to spam or whatever. Um, but then if I get something that feels like a conversation that is not time sensitive, then I want to push it to an agenda for a weekly meeting or the next time that we should talk about that topic. And if it's super time sensitive, I move it out into an instant message or a text message and request that, you know, train other people on my communication style. Mm -hmm. If it's urgent, let's go with instant message or text. You know, you can hang out me anywhere. It's on like seven devices that I have and you can get me in real time. It doesn't need to be super important, but if it's a 30 second question, I'd rather answer it now than go and find it in my inbox two hours from now when you're not being productive. So it sounds so. like you prefer real time so that you're moving these things from a more <clears throat> asynchronous method, email, sort of slower kind of stuff like, hey, let's talk about this on a meeting. Let's talk about it in in a chat or on on, on the phone. I like to move them. Sync yeah, I like to try to get it done quickly in real time or move it to a time dedicated for that conversation or topic like to me, email, the way people treat email is like walking into the workshop and picking up a hammer every morning and saying, what can I hit? What, 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 what can I hit? <laughs> Instead of what do I want to get done? Now, what tools do I need to get it done? Right. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> so like that. it's, you know, and so, and the other trick is sadly to just not, not do email. I'm putting my air quotes up again. Um, <laughs> First thing in the morning, right? I mean, we've read this from lots of people, but a lot of us are great first thing in the morning and we waste that greatness on other people's priorities in our inbox hmm. instead of on that one big, what's that one to two to three big things you want to get done today? Start up with one of those. Make straw man those up so you know you're going to succeed on those today. Then at 10 o'clock when you're a little brain drained from thinking greatly, now go manage other people's priorities for you or whatever that time is for you. Start at six, do that at eight. Yeah. So that not starting the day with my inbox, um, 
is something that I also try to do. I like it. Um, I'm thinking. I'm thinking about sort of productivity with all of this, and you talked about um, trying to uh, measure productivity from people more than time from people. Yeah. Uh, but I think uh, you know, for people uh, who haven't worked in in that type of an environment or sort of used to time as a as a sort of clear metric for for measuring. You know, there's. I think there's this myth that there's a the relationship between time and productivity, right? <laughs> uh, and and so, but time is measurable. How how do you measure productivity? How do you kind of figure that out? It sounds like you figured out some tricks for making sure that your day is product productive. But how do you kind of work that into into the management of the company? Great question, and something that we've struggled with at different times. But I think we're on a really good track over the past year and a half and what we're moving into. Um, and one part of that is making sure we have a single repository for what are the projects that are going on in the company right now and having an opportunity to talk about that cross department with our with the leadership peers on a weekly basis. So we have currently it's a project tracking complex spreadsheet. We're moving to results.com right now which I haven't played with a lot, but um, our team has been uh, reviewed uh, several options um, and we're right near a launch with that. But the goal is to get all the projects that the company is working on in there to get transparency on it, which we have done with our spreadsheet and weekly stand up on this, um, to have those conversations and to see every week, this is when this project was set up. This is what we intend to get done this week. And then you go back and look a week later together as a team. Where are we on it? Are the roadblocks internal or external? Um, so having the transparency around those conversations as a team cross department has been critical for us. Yeah, and just keep keep checking in, right? How, yeah, how are we doing? How are right. We doing? And if it's not moving for yourself and your peers to say, hey, maybe this isn't even important. Maybe that's why it's not moving, right? Is it right. impacting one of our critical goals? Is this impacting revenue or growth of a new opportunity or whatever we're trying to get done there. Yeah. 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 I like it. Um, so it's, it sounds like, uh, um, club Waka started out of, out of a bar, right. A culture, right. I, I, I get the feeling you have a really strong, uh, culture for your company. Do you want to talk about how that's happened and how, how you've, how you built that and what you do to sort of nurture the, the company culture. Um, yeah, absolutely. We definitely have pride in our culture. Um, <clears throat> it did start in a bar. It takes place in a bar. Our activities are, we joke 45 minutes of kickball, three hours of drinking. <laughs> um, we have found ways to cut out the need to be at a location besides a bar for things when we've offered karaoke leagues and, other uh, activities, bar crawls, etc. So <clears throat> that's at the culture, but we we want social and community is at our core of the product that we offer um, and what we wanted for ourselves. You know, the uh, the good old why was um, for us to be able to meet other people that are just trying to have uh, a good time. Um, so at its outset, the culture is fun. How we foster that, especially in a distributed environment, again, we're very fortunate because our 
staff comes through our customer base. So they live our culture and are attracted to the culture that we provide first. And we sort of live that, we do live that on the inside. So that comes inside out, but they have, they experience it outside in, if that makes sense. Um, <laughs> our HR staff who does, who is our first touch point for, uh, for people that work for us or have the potential to work for us, whether they come through our customer base or uh, through a wider network and aren't um, experienced in playing with Club Waka. Our HR staff does an amazing job of describing and explaining our lifestyle. And we are, uh, life should be fun and people should be happy. You know, people should be happy. That's uh, it at its core. We do have core values that we lived for a long time and then like six years ago, uh, Jimmy, David, and I were like, we should probably write these down. What are our actual core values and how do we uh, encapsulate them? And that was a really good exercise. It took us a long time, but, and we've tweaked them a couple times since then. Um, but things like family first, live fun, um, aren't things that we said, hey, we should create a company that does this. Right. They're things that existed and we wrote them down. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, I always, I, I, I. It's always hard to figure out when a company should do their core values. Like, should it be done at the outset of the company? But it's definitely wrong to do it twenty or thirty years into the company. <laughs> right. <laughs> it feels like it's too late then. Oops. But I feel like it could be also too early in a company when you know, like you kind of want to just sort of build the company that feels right and then, and then write it down before it starts not feeling right. Yeah. I, I also think that depending on how the company is forming, is it accidental? Is it intentional Mm -hmm. that the reason the founders are coming together and why they want to lead a company personally and in this space and talking about that, I think could give a lot of illumination to what the core values of the company are likely to be. Um, even if they're a little aspirational at first. Um, yeah, I th- I, maybe there's not, maybe there's not a too early, uh, s- stage for things. Um, I mean, I'd get your pitch deck together first, maybe, but I don't know. <laughs> 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 yeah. I don't know if it's something the venture capitalists want to hear about, but, uh, but, but yeah (laughs) um uh goodness so just completely random piece of information i was at my local big box sports store and and found a a walk a kickball there on the on the shelves what you you guys are in all sorts of things aren't you (laughs) so you were probably at a dick's i was and it was probably spring or early summer and it was on an end cap. Um, I don't know if it was, was on an end cap. I think, you know, okay. you're oh, integrated into, regular. into Good. the store. <laughs> yeah. Good. We get it. End cap. I spent like, you know, six weeks in retail at one point. Um, I was amazed that we ended up every spring. We're in an end cap and every dicks. And it's a total accident. Um, we got into <laughs> branding kickballs uh, pretty early on. It was offered to us by one provider. Um and we thought that was great. So they branded the balls that we used and they allowed us to sell them or we made a deal and we got a royalty and that was fine. Um, and then lo and behold, playground balls weren't really that well designed for 
200 pound men to kick them relentlessly all summer long. <laughs> <laughs> so the quality wasn't really good enough for what we were trying to do. You wanted an adult kickball. We wanted an adult kickball, but we didn't want a hard basketball-y thing. We, right. we had a lot of fun, I'll call it in retrospect, finding the right ball and the right partner. Um, but Mikasa came with, to us with a great package of not just uh, – the branding, but um, all of the box creation and design with us and the sales outlet. So we formed a really good relationship with Mikasa, um, ended up in a few different stores and in one or two dicks. And then there was some strange confluence of circumstances involving a kickball tournament at a place where Bill Clinton was speaking in like 2002 and Mike and Mike hearing about it on the, you know, the radio guys. And next thing I know, the Dick's uh, national buyer said that he wanted them in every store every spring. So that works for us. It's been a while. It's been a great relationship. It's just another way for people to, A, I need a kickball because I'm just joined a team and I forgot to buy one online. Right. But just to find out about our brand um, and that such a thing exists. Yeah. It's great. Uh, yeah, I, I I was I was surprised by that. I, I you'd given me a kickball in person uh, when you came when you came to yonder, but uh, but it was sort of interesting to see this stuff sort of out out in the wild. But uh, it's for a distributed company that doesn't have any real estate or any assets. It's really neat to see that physical piece of us out there in the stores. Yeah, I guess that there's that there's that sort of um, you know. One of the questions ultimately that I think people from more, uh, you know, co-located conventional companies uh, have about sort of giving up the office is is ultimately sort of this feeling um, or, or even starting a company without an office is that is a question of legitimacy is sort of the issue of like, but if we don't have an office, are we a company? Are we legitimate? Are are should people trust us? Um, and, and so, uh, yeah, it's, it's funny, just these little <laughs> artifacts of legitimacy out there in the world. Like, uh, it's nice, I, you know, I can totally validate that for sure. There's a question, not just by the founders, but of the potential staff. Um, sure. We, for various reasons have, um, an umbrella company, um, that, was our management services company for a while. So Alan Trent Associates or ATA was our hiring and payroll, uh, et cetera, company that we, same ownership. Um, and we were looking when I was stepping back from day-to-day management of uh, technology, software development for our website, we were looking for a technology uh, manager or director. And the guy who we really liked who eventually took the job told us much later that he opened a new bank account for his um, paycheck because um, he wasn't sure if the company was legit or not. <laughs> he really liked the opportunity and the idea, but between ATA and kickball and no office and what am I selling knives? What's going on here? Um, he worked for us for like eight years before he went back to academia. Um, so amazing relationship, but that was, you know, that legitimacy thing is real for sure. <laughs> I like this idea of opening a separate bank account as if this, this like money was tainted and you didn't want it to mix with the regular, <laughs> that somehow like it's illegitimate. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, 
I think he might have thought we could some we might try to hack said account, but I don't know. Uh, that was you know, we were a, a oh Sultan I see East direct print. deposit right <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah well yeah, I mean it's, to some extent it's just a societal thing yeah. I, I think in the past uh, there have been a lot of like work from home schemes and scams and and uh uh sort of marginally illegal kinds of uh businesses uh pyramid schemes and things like that and uh um it's it's something I blame it on the 20th century people worked from home all the time before that that's true yeah it was just the industrialization you know blip and and nobody's going to put a sign on a on a, a, a telephone pole that says work from home be a farmer (laughs) <laughs> right <laughs> they've got they've got bigger schemes than that when they put that up on the telephone that's not call. the attraction yeah that's right. not, that's not the attraction. yeah make a thousand dollars a day with our sort of slightly questionable pyramid marketing scheme yeah. um uh so uh t- you you have uh kickball Events. These are things where people get together in person. These are not remote or distributed events. People are playing a game physically with each other, which for those of us that that spend so much time behind the computer is is a a, a refreshing break. Um, but tell me about sort of in the business of your business, uh, what role does getting together in person play? Do you have retreats? Are there uh, right. meetings where you'd get together in person? Like how, how, what role does that play? Right. So a sort of our capstone get together is our staff conference um, every Q1, usually somewhere in Q1. Um, we've, found that our favorite environment is a Texas ranch um, where we're pretty much the only ones there. Um, and that's a three or four day get together. A specific Texas ranch or any Texas ranch will do? around because they don't stay in business very well. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, we, we, we've contemplated trying to start a reserve fund to buy one cause we love them so much. Wow. Uh, even though we only use them once a year, but that's more fantasy than anything real, but it's just a great environment. We found several where they've got a conference space and simple hotel type accommodations. They've got a group kitchen environment or, you know, eating environment. They've got a lounge where we can take the run of the bar kind of thing, which we like to do late into the night. Great environment. We get together for three or four days of learning and celebrating, and um, and and getting to know each other or getting to know each other again. Um, so that everybody has like a like a two month high coming off of that, yeah, right? Yeah, productivity yeah. boost and all that stuff. That's our big one. At a sort of the opposite end of the calendar is. Wakapalooza that I mentioned, oh, right. uh, World Championship Founders Cup and everything else around it in Las Vegas, Columbus Day weekend. And um, while that's not a, there's some people that are working that event, a lot of people come to that event and a lot of our part-time community coordinators come and we have a rep rally, we call it, uh, which is an afternoon where they all come together and do some same kind of thing, some celebrating and best practice sharing and getting to know each other. But that whole week it can be <clears throat> for some is a great uh, gathering of the staff and energizes and exhausts us all at the same time. Beyond that, we do 
uh, find reasons to get different groups of people together throughout the year. Uh, myself and Jimmy and David, the three owners, typically are face-to-face at least quarterly, um, whether we go to a conference of interest together or uh, meet on some other topic. Um, the managers of customer service or all of the league and event operations have a separate three-day conference. They get together in the fall, uh, sort of pre-planning uh, budget into a meeting of our directors that we do in February. So we have a calendar of events that we bring the team together. And then the league managers um, do a lot of travel around into markets that maybe we don't have full-time staff in. Mm-hmm. And so that's other opportunities for folks to get together and, you know, send two people from different cities into a third city. And, and the, in how, how, like what, what role, how, how, how does the in-person stuff different than what you can get done in a distributed environment online? I think the key is maintenance and establishment of trust and communication styles. Mm-hmm that makes communication at a distance easier. The more you've spent time together or on video, if absent together, the better you are communicating with just voice or just text because you understand the personality and the dynamic. <clears throat> so there is that. One of the things that I'll say I don't think we've done that I would that I have tried I would like to push more to do that I know you I think you guys and and others in the distributed universe do is pull teams together face-to-face for project resolution, pulling things across the finish line um, that we haven't always done. And I, that, that's, a, that's something I know we could get done better face-to-face, but our, as I've just explained it, a lot of ours are either planning or celebrating and not that yeah, long jam. Yeah, with, with Lullabot, we like to start engage, client engagements oftentimes by sending the team on site to build that rapport and, and kind of trust with the client. But I, I, I think that you're going to find this at most companies distributed or not, um, that, you know, it's sort of hard to kind of find the time, uh, and, and oftentimes the finances to sort of celebrate the finish of something, right. The bringing, bringing things across the, across the finish line. It's, uh, oftentimes not as celebrated as it ought to be. Um, and, and particularly, um, in a distributed environment when you can say, Hey, we should all get together, uh, or, or something to kind of absolutely that, so have that. We fun. definitely try to make sure our staff conference does that on an annual basis. Yeah. Yeah. We do that too. Yeah, certainly. And, and it needs to be a part of the retreat is taking a moment to, Hey, let's look at the past year and, um, and, and part of the retreat, I'm talking it. champagne and fireworks, baby. Yeah. Yeah, that's what we did last year. It was awesome. <laughs> you could do anything on a Texas ranch. It's like having your own town. <laughs> I, was, I threw that out there. I was like, "How about hot air balloons? How about <laughs> you got to think big?" Like fireworks, I can do that. Uh, it was great. So, so I have some sort of standard questions, and we covered some of them, uh, yep. but you know that I've been trying to sort of ask everyone. One is. And uh, in, in you touched on this. What what term do you use? Uh, remote, distributed, virtual, telecommute, uh, you know, uh, those those kinds of things. Um, uh, 
do you want to talk a little bit about sort of your move from like virtual to distributed? And I mean, I, I, I know that happened as a result of some of the discussions at Yonder, but I'm, I'm, there's just so many different words around this. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to understand how, how people come at them. Yeah, absolutely. With, we were virtual because I think for us, we were early in the virtual movement of, hey, let's not get an office. But we created an office environment in the virtual space. We had a calendar and mm-hmm. a document management system. So we thought of it as virtual. Um, and I would still say that the office may be virtual, but the company and the people are distributed. Right. Um, but at, at the, the legitimacy conversation that we had earlier, that tugged at me with the word virtual. Um, and virtual, ephemeral kind of, uh, you know, virtual, not real misty company. Right. Yeah. Right. If the opposite of virtual is real, then that's probably bad thing to call your company. Right. (laughs) (laughs) My company is not real. Right. Okay. (laughs) My office is not real. Even that doesn't really work. Right. Hmm, So distributed just fit at the same time. The counter argument is, you know, Every company's distributed, whether it's desk to desk or floor to floor or building to building or city to city. Sure. Um, but I think it gets the point across um, and doesn't put up a legitimacy obstacle that you could otherwise with the word virtual. So that that's how we landed on distributed. Um, I think in our ads for staffing, we might say 100% remote or something like that, mm-hmm. um, just to make it very clear to people. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, so another one of the standard questions here, uh, and you touched on this a, a little bit with your, uh, employee with the separate bank account, but how, how, how does being distributed make things harder for you? Do you think? Yeah. So there's one legitimacy, a little bit connection, you know, um, I think we can all tell ourselves that it's more efficient. It's more effective. Um, I believe it's a better way for me to live and work. It works for me, but I accept that there are trade-offs. Um, some of those are productivity because of communication <clears throat> and closeness and probably things that may not be healthy, but um, like, Hey, the office is still the, the boss is still in the office. So I better stay and work with him on this. Mm-hmm. Uh, those things don't, necessarily exist in the same way you can create them and i'll say i'm sure you've had this experience a lot of lullabot and especially when i was working on the tech side of stuff with waka you're pulling an all-nighter you're staying there because you want to you need to get this stuff installed for the morning for you guys launched for the client for us launched you know to be on time for the seasons to open or whatever yeah um so you can still have that sense of team and and go you know we're going to stay up until we get this done yeah and slack uh, and and real time communication are particularly good for that feeling of presence right yeah yeah um but you can there is a greater level of disconnect that energy high that i talked about after staffcon there's the same low you know on the other end of the pendulum when they're when they haven't seen each other for a while and 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 if they haven't seen each other for a while and they've been disconnected from the customer experience, if they don't play in a league or manage mm-hmm. a league, then that can be a challenge as well because they're not seeing the product or the peers. Yep. Yep. And so, so conversely, what is easier? Um, what is easier? I think 
it's the life integration. You know, people talk about work-life balance. I talk about integration. I really believe that one of the things you should love to do every day and every week is work. And one of the things that you should love to do every day and every week is be with your family and whatever else you want to fit into your life. I think it's a lot easier to do for the individuals um, in this distributed work from home lifestyle. Um, I Things that are easier, I applaud. I know you guys have had some staff that have done things like this. I had a staffer take a halftime month. She worked four hours a day for a month and she lived in Spain. Oh, wow. And she was amazingly present and communicative and effective when she was in the office and she managed expectations really well. And to be able to make that possible for somebody, I'm jealous. I should have done it. Um, (laughs) It's fantastic. Um, So things that you just can't do, it's not that they're easier. It's that they're almost impossible in other companies. We, Jimmy, my business partner did uh, a year uh, living in an RV with his family and uh, wife and two toddlers. Um, wow. And he's back back on the road this summer. And he's got an office in an RV and his wife likes to take the kids and do stuff. Um, you can't do that if you're expected to check into an office every morning. Yeah. A physical location. It sounds idyllic. I, uh, <laughs> I'd love to work at one of these kinds of companies. Oh, <laughs> I, there's, well, there's that too. I mean, I, I joke, but we talk oftentimes about the things that you could do uh, working in a distributed company. Um, but, but you know, it's it's uh, surprising how often people don't do those things. Um, right. So Instead, really... they sit in a cave on their couch and just work and eat donuts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't do that, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, stay away, stay away from the donuts. Yes, keep the at donuts least, locked away. Nine to five. At least in the distributed work environment, take advantage of the time that is in a commute to go outside and enjoy nature. That's one of the things the Hudson Valley. Like, I walk outside my front door, and I'm in one of the most beautiful places on earth. I mean, there's a whole like group of painters named after the place that I live right. because it's so pretty. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I take advantage of that and I could probably do that from an office park, but I feel like I get the extra time to do that. Um, the little, I don't take a cigarette break. I go and take a gardening break in my own garden. Mm-hmm. You know, that's pretty awesome. That is awesome. Well, uh, thanks a lot, Johnny. This was great. Is there anything else you wanted to add or touch on? Um, I think one of the things is the balance, you know, you asked if it's difficult. And um, one of the things for me over the past few years is that I had to find that balance between working a distributed company, which means that you have remote relationships uh, that occasionally get together with realizing, duh, for myself, who started a social sports business, that I need a lot of real life community Mm -hmm. on a larger scale than uh, I love to have, obviously we, we all want to have our family and, and close knit, but I need a bigger one. So I went out and also I wanted to be face to face with professionals as well with business people mm-hmm. on a regular basis. So I had to go out and foster a face to face, uh, business community for myself locally as well to satisfy the whole me. <clears throat> um, so if you're in a brick and mortar company, you can create those relationships, uh, face-to-face in your work environment. Um, In a distributed company, 
I went and had to find those somewhere else, and I started another business to do that too. But <laughs> that's, that's what happens. <laughs> You're a true entrepreneur. Just keep keep starting. Well, there's a need, right? I mean, there's yes. a, there's a need for that stuff, and uh, um, yeah. It's great. And there are a need for brick and mortar businesses as well. Like, I don't think this is for everybody or every business. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I still feel like I'm trying to figure out what what the delineation line is between, you know, dis- distributed doctor's office. Nah, not. But, but on the other hand, there are doctors who do consulting over over video conference so there's a you know a role for that like you're not going to find a remote mechanic um you know certainly you know well maybe (laughs) maybe yeah you know i mean maybe you could create a mechanics network in the same way that you've created a um social sports network um it it really you know if you Zoom the lens out a little bit. First, everything's a spectrum, right? So there are more opportunities for companies to distribute aspects of their business. Existing companies are going to hold on to the boardroom, the physical boardroom for a long time, but the sales force doesn't get an office anymore. They might get a hotel office. There's my air quotes again. (laughs) Um, But that's gone, right? Um, For a lot of people. So it's already changing in big companies. Um, And I think everybody will have some aspect of distributed, but also as we tend towards more opportunity for independent workers and virtual aspects to their job, maybe Doc works from his home office one day a week and he does virtual calls all day. Right. Yeah. House calls. We can get back to that. Amen. it, the, the, it's almost as if the 20th century didn't happen. Exactly. <laughs> we're living at home. We're farming on our on our lunch breaks. <laughs> we've got doctors that make house calls. Uh, and and if we live in Brooklyn, we've got those handlebar mustaches. And uh, it's, <laughs> it's as if the 20th century never happened. <laughs> I think so. I think you're onto something. <laughs> Great. Well, on that note... Um, <laughs> thanks for joining us on, on the Yonder podcast. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Jeff. Absolute pleasure. Okay. Take care, Johnny. Have a great one.